Welcome to the 40th episode of the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast presented by Viner Forgets. This is your host, Mason the Jordan Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking Maryland AD candidates. Maryland has hired a medical consulting group to look into the death of Jordan McNair. And about the NBA draft, Jordan, we got a lot to get to, so let's get into it. As always, we do. So to start off on the somber note, Maryland has hired medical consulting group Walters Incorporated to investigate the tragic passing of Jordan McNair. Um, the firm is headed by National Athletic Trainers Association Hall of Fame member Dr. Rod Walter, who actually wrote the SEC medical trainers test. He's highly respected in the field, so I very much hope that they will up their billing and deliver whatever report needs to be delivered. As do I, and really that's all you can say about that. Yep, and so on a light news note, Maryland basketball has added Loyola of Maryland to the schedule for December 11th. They were ranked 323rd in the Chem Pomery last season. Why do we add these non-factor teams onto our schedule all the time? Well, you can't play the Hall of Fame every season, and I actually don't hate this edition. Neither do I. Neither do I. I'm going to get it out there. I do not hate it. It's just, can we get a big name on here? Well, we got Seton Hall as our last edition, and I think that's a pretty big name as far as, you know, non-conference opponents go. As far as these people play non-conference Seton opponents. Seton Hall played a tournament in the last four seasons. I, I, yes, okay, you're right about that. But it's not a big name. It's not going to sell tickets. Seton Hall will not sell tickets. Look, you, Unless they're ranked. Unless they're ranked, they're not selling tickets. You can't call... Mark Trojan can't pick up the phone and get Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina here. Yes, he can. I don't think he can. You don't think that teams want a big-name game against Maryland? I don't know about it. I think a lot of teams don't see us as a power worth playing. I think that's a lie. And if it isn't, it's because Trojan did it. That is true, but that doesn't solve the current problem. They got a Power 6 team here next season. That shouldn't be an accomplishment. That should not be an accomplishment. How many Power 6 you get a Power 6 team? How many Power 6 teams do you want to play that aren't in our conference? At least three. At least? At home. Okay, we're playing two right now. That's not that bad. One of them is a forced game, but I will count it for this thing. So you got to get one more in here. you got to get something that makes season tickets look attractive. The fact that they're giving out incentives right now to renew your season tickets shows it all. Yeah, and also, well, Loyola Maryland is not a bad team to play. You have to play... They're not a bad team. I already said no, they've already been a, over They it. are a bad team. They're not a bad team for us to bring in, though. No, they're an in-state opponent. I think we should play as many in-state teams as we can. I agree. And you're playing another one. Are you playing Navy? You're playing Mass St. Mary's, I believe. So I, I think this is okay. I, it I, is. I agree there's a larger issue, but this is not their fault. And that wraps that topic up. Uh, um, Moving on, Maryland, or Don Marcus of the Baltimore Sun, broke that Maryland has narrowed down their search to three athletic directors. John Curry, the former Tennessee athletic director. Patrick Kraft, the current Temple athletic director. And Damon Evans, the executive athletic director currently in Maryland. Well, we talked about this on the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Turpback Live radio show, if you caught that on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I said that John Curry was my guy, but Mason has actually convinced me that maybe bringing in someone that ran out of town in Knoxville isn't the best idea here. 
And maybe Maryland should call me up and ask me why John Corey shouldn't be the athletic director, too. If they hire him, I will lose my mind. I can I can see them hiring him. Like I said, he does have a very, very good record at Kansas State. But you are correct, and you have to look at their most recent body of work. And his most recent body of work is he was right at town pitchforks. Yeah. So, look, look. If they hire him, I see why. But in my opinion, he is not the right guy for the job. Now, let's move on. John Curry, great resume at Kansas State. Very bad at Tennessee. But Patrick Kraft is a real Patrick Kraft, because, is a more unknown guy. Because John Curry was just... All over national media. John Curry is probably the most well-known athletic director in the country. But athletic director isn't really a high-profile position outside of your school. So Patrick Kraft kind of gets a pass on that, I think. Yeah, this guy has been critically acclaimed by the Philadelphia Business Journal and other things around town. He's also brought winning to a program that was not doing too well before he got there. No, as we said, a lot of this can be retread from our um, Turf Talk radio show. Appearance, but Patrick Kraft took Temple. No, he didn't take them, but under him, they went to back to back ASC championship appearances. Yeah, and their accomplishments there. They were ranked in men's soccer for the first time in 11 years. They're ranked for the, in women's volleyball for the first time ever. They went to. The- Look, there's a lot of accomplishments, but this is Maryland. This is a program that's been in great places and needs to get back to them. Is he the guy for that? Who knows? If you guys want a more in-depth conversation about this, because we're going to be wrapping this up in the next three or so minutes to get to the NBA draft, you can check out our segment. It's on the Wayne Sharp YouTube page or on TurpTalk.com. Yeah, so moving on, Patrick Kraft is a good hire. I'd be very happy if we hired him. I would be. I would be happy if we hired him, but he's there, but at the same time, it's Temple. I know a lot of people bring up the pro sports town thing, but... Temple's still covering up seats in the lower deck of their football stadium, even though it is Lincoln Financial Field. And, you know, I've seen some games with them where the basketball stadium's empty, too. So, he's brought success there, but the fans had not necessarily come other than the Notre Dame-Temple game in 2015. Oh, and now we can move on to the guy who's going to get the job, let's be honest. Mr. Damon Evans. Damon Evans, current guy, been in Maryland for a while after an incident at Georgia. I think he's the best guy for the job because he knows the situation, and he came on the Turf Talk radio show, and he said the biggest problem with this football stadium right now is the end zone on top, the end zone scoreboard on top of Gott's team house. I 100% agree with that. He is the guy, if we want football to be the priority, basketball is doing well. Well enough. By whose metric? Well, it w- look, it had an off year, but before that, it looked like it was on the rise. I know a lot of people don't like Turgeon, but that's not going to get solved till his contract gets down. Damon Evans brought Georgia to the height of profits, to the height of business, and he knows what he's doing with this football program, and I think that's what we need to prioritize because that's what makes the money. Look, I like Damon. I would not have a problem at all if he got the job. I like Patrick Kraft a lot. I think he brings some fresh ideas and blood back into the program, the department as a whole, I mean. But it's going to be Damon. Would you be disappointed with any of the three guys? I would have issue a little bit with John Curry, but I wouldn't be upset about it. I think I would be a little bit upset about it, just because I really don't like what happened to Tennessee. But maybe it's a new start here. He would be... Well, as, he would be okay. Well, as we've said, Maryland's not closer to Kansas State than Tennessee. Look, yeah, that doesn't matter, though. You can make the same kind of hire here and people run you out of town. 
I don't know if they would, but who knows? Who really Look, knows anymore? I'm okay with Curry, I'm good with Kraft, and I'm really good with Damon Evans. I think Damon Evans has got the job. Oh, absolutely. I think the athletic department seems to like him a lot. Damon Evans is the guy, in my opinion. And let's move on to what everybody wants to hear for real. The NBA draft. To try to see Kevin Herter go at 19, Justin Jackson at 43, and then Justin Jackson was traded to the Orlando Magic. But let's get into it. Trey Young, Kevin Herter in the same backcourt. It's going to be great in Atlanta. Since Mason never said, oh, never mind, you just said Atlanta. So Trey Young goes number five to the Mavericks, who the Mavericks then ship to Atlanta for Luka Doncic, also giving up their own first round pick. Meanwhile, Kevin Herter goes at number 19 to the Hawks in a pick they acquired in 2015 from the Timberwolves. Well, that's why you stashed draft picks. I mean, simple as that. Wizards would take a page out of that book. Meanwhile, Justin Jackson went a lot earlier than I expected at 43, actually. I don't think so. I think people, a lot like Michael Porter, fell because he didn't play. Justin Jackson tanked. Because he did play and then he was injured. But this is a smart pick. He's a steal if they can get him back to the talent level he was his freshman year. Justin Jackson, long, small forward, can shoot sometimes. But other than that, he's a great talent, and I think they got a steal with him. So looking at the Atlanta depth chart, built by Travis Schlenk, who we need to mention is the former vice GM in Golden State. Yeah, looking at their lineup... Let's start with last year and then go into the new pieces at the end. They had Dennis Schroeder at the 1, Tyler Dorsey at the 2, Torian Prince at the 3, John Collins, the Wake Forest player at the 4, and Dwayne Dedman at center. So, of those pieces, the only one that's really locked in place, there's two. Torian Prince in his second year at Baylor, and John Collins, who's a rookie at a Wake. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think you're looking at this year, Dennis Schroeder still playing the 1, I do have Kevin Herter at the two, and I think I'm going to stick with Torian Prince, John Collins, and Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, they're on reasonable contracts, but here's the thing with Dennis Schroeder, who I know you actually like, Mason, but he's on, he's entering year three of a four-year, $68 million deal. They need, try, they need to move him so they can start the rebuild for real. I think they, well, maybe they move him, and then you get Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the backcourt. Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the backcourt. What does that sound like? It sounds like Clay and Curry. It sounds like two guys that can really shoot the three. In a two to three years, they can be superstars. And then you, all you need to do, and I really think they have it already in John Collins, is add that Draymond Green. Well, they also added Omri Spellman from Villanova at center position, who can take over for Deadman after they get off his, his contract this season. Well, they're going to stick with him for a while. Omri Spellman, he can shoot. He can dunk. He's really physical down low. There's a big spot for him in this league. Yeah, and... He's the kind of center that you want. I think they got a steal late in the first round. I know there's obvious downside with his dribbling, but let's look at it from the Maryland perspective. Does Kevin Herter play this year? Yes, he plays, but the issue for him really... Does Kevin Herter start this year? Is Ken Bazemore. I was getting to that. Look, Ken Bazemore's on a four-year, $70 million deal in year three of that deal, and it might be the worst deal in the NBA. Jan Mahimi. Look, Basemore on this depth chart that you printed out is number four. Now, looking into the future, they're going to play. They're horrible. They were horrible last season. They're going to play Trey Young. They're going to play Kevin Herter. They're going to play Omari Spellman. They invested in these draft picks, and they got to reap the benefits. And they're going to try and start building that right now. You talked about Kevin Herter possibly being in the G League. He went 19th in the draft. 
There's no G, G League's out of the question, especially on the Hawks. No, it's not well, on the Hawks. Yes, but we need. I'm really excited for this because with Trey Young, an elite shooter and passer in the backcourt next to him, he if he can get open, he will find him the ball. I think this is the best place for Kevin Herter. Yes, I actually it, do. Or it's the best place for me. I'm not sure about Kevin Herter. Well, we're gonna see. Him. I, yeah, I want to see him play. We're gonna see him play, and we're gonna see him play with somebody who can help his talents. And it's worth mentioning, NBA.com has some fantastic writers. They're former scouts, former players. And the first thing they said in his scouting report is Kevin Herter was handcuffed in Mark Turgeon's offense at Maryland. And you were going to see his potential in Atlanta. I completely agree with that. Mark Turgeon, look, there's a button in 2K, the NBA video game, where you can set your offensive system to play through the stars. Mark Turgeon doesn't do that. He did it with Mello, but he didn't move on to anybody this year. Kevin Herter had the potential to lead this team. And you saw it when he got to the basket. He scored. When he got the ball outside and that was their focus, he scored. Now, I don't know why Turgeon didn't do it. There could have been a lot of factors there. But if they can find him the ball in the places where he can be successful, he will put the ball in the bottom of the net. Now, who do you think gets more focused in their offense in the first season? Do we see Trey Young? Oh, it's, take... it's going to be Trey Young. He's the, fifth let, pick of, let, he's the fifth pick of the draft. Let me talk for a minute. Do, do you think Trey Young will be will it be about him scoring, or will he be setting up Kevin Herter a lot? Because there are some questions about selfishness in Oklahoma. I don't think they're real, but do you, what do you think, Mason? At Oklahoma, he did not have the same amount of help. Kevin Herter's a starter at Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. Kevin Herter... Would have been able to make plays and help out Trey Young in Oklahoma. Yeah, he would have. And so I think he's gonna. I think he realized at the end of last year when defenses started focusing on him, when he's taking twenty shots a game, that he needs to pass the ball. Now, looking at this roster, and here's my lineup: if they can dump Dennis Schroeder, I'm thinking Trey Young, Schroeder, Harder. Those are just their best players, and I think they're gonna run with that. Well, does that mean that Torian Prince goes to the four and John Collins goes to the five, in which case you're going to have a lot of shooters on the floor for Atlanta? I think so. I think they're going to play their best lineup till they can dump one of the players. If, and look, I don't. I think there are untouchables on this roster, and I think they are Trey Young and John Collins. Yeah, the moment they're trading, I think they're going to try to trade one of the people on that lineup, whether it be Deadman if he ends up on the bench, whether it be Baysmore, well, obviously it's going to be Baysmore, or Schroeder, but right now for Kevin Herter, I think he's going to be at the three. Well, a lot of the NBA post-draft scouting reports said that they obviously drafted Kevin Herter to play alongside Trey Young. That's very apparent, I think, both of us. Yeah, and I think that, that will take care of that for now. He can play against a small forward, at least some of the small forwards. Oh, he needs in to the get, league. He needs to get, I can see him playing against Otto Porter. He needs to get in the NBA weight room. He really needs to put some meat on his frame. I don't think that that is possible. I think he's one of those people that would spend years in the weight room and not barely see effect. Well, that'd be unfortunate for him because he really doesn't weigh a ton right now. Well, no, no. Weight he can probably put on, but showing muscle mass, I don't think you'll see. Well, regardless, the Red Mamba still wears red. And Mason, for the final question of this, for Kevin Herter part, are you getting number four jersey for Atlanta? Ah, uh, God. Their uniforms are so ugly. Yes, they are They are horrible. So ugly. <laughs> they are really bad. They're terrible. They're on a whole <laughs> new level. But they ca- are one of the worst uniforms. They're the worst uniform in the NBA. They're worse than the little sleeves that LeBron ripped off. That's how bad they are. They look like highlighters 
that aren't even highlighters. I don't know what that means, but okay. But do you see yourself getting Kevin Hurd jersey? You know, I really want to see them make that jersey with the little airline bird, just like as the circle. You mean their logo now? Their, yeah. That says Atlanta Basketball Club on it? Mason, if they made like one of those, like the Cavs were, just like the logo and then the number, then yes. But not n- nothing that they were kind Even of for like. Kevin Herter? Even for Kevin Herter. It's just not worth the money. Okay. I might see myself in one, and you're not borrowing it right now. So, moving to Orlando, where Justin Jackson ended up. Yeah, Orlando, their lineup current. Well, their lineup's been a disaster for years. Yeah, it has. It's DJ Augustin at the one. Evan Fournier at the two. Jonathan Simmons at the three. Restricted free agent coming up with this offseason. Aaron Gordon at the four. And Nikolai Vucic at the five. Well, Aaron Gordon being a restricted free agent is one of the biggest stories this offseason in the league. If someone else will throw a max offer sheet at him, it could change their whole lineup. But right now, their lineup's basically set minus Aaron Gordon. I don't think so. I think Mo Bonla's going to take the starting spot at the five. I don't know. He's a very unfinished product. Jonathan Isaac didn't start last year for... At the three or four, so it's hard to tell. They are a disaster. Yeah, they have the big contracts of Bismack, Biombo, Vucevic, Fournier, all getting above eighty million dollars. I mean, well, Vucevic is worth it. Is he? I think so. I don't know why they picked Bamba. Um. Well, Bamba's got some huge upside. He's he's not- got a huge upside, but he's not there yet. They already had a center that works for now. Why not address something else? Because. He was the last real super... They wanted Trey Young. No, That's no secret they wanted Trey Young in that spot because they could finally get their point guard, but then he went number five. Why not Sexton? I don't know why they didn't go with Sexton, or... I don't know why they didn't pick a point guard, honestly. Well, this isn't a magic podcast, so let's get to it. Their draft picks were Mo Bamba, Melvin Frazier, and Justin Jackson. Melvin Frazier is a shooting guard, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a shooting guard from Tulane... Right now at the three, you have Jonathan Simmons. They're going to lose Mario Herzonia. I don't think they're bringing him back. No. And the rookie star and forever struggling after, Terrence Ross. Oh, poor, poor Terrence Ross. He got a shout-out for me on the show on Wednesday. Yeah, he actually did. So, Justin Jackson is... What's he playing here? The three. They already have Jonathan Isaac. I think he, they're going to stick with him at the four. But maybe not coming into the season. Three or four. I don't think it's decided yet. I think he's going to the G League. You think JJ's going to the G League? If he doesn't, I think he can show big in Summer League and make it onto the roster because there's a lot of empty holes here. I don't think they're looking to spend a lot. I don't think they have a lot to spend. He could find his way onto the roster, not in the rotation, though. Well, I hope he goes to the G League, kind of, because he needs to learn how to shoot again. He needs to get a stroke back before he gets into the NBA. That is true. And I think it'd be good for him. Now, I, I could speak volumes on what a disaster the Magic are, but I'm going to say this. You picked Mo Bamba, Melvin Frazier is pretty good now, and Justin Jackson. They picked Jonathan Isaac last year. Why do they keep stocking up on unfinished products, including Justin Jackson? Because I don't think it's the best situation for him. Well, yeah, but I think it's 100% where he wants to be. I think it's a good spot for him because there's going to be a chance that he gets on the court. I don't, I don't know if it is because they have so much. I think there's enough talent here, or not enough talent here, that Justin Jackson can find his way into the roster. I don't disagree with you, but they're just... Depth isn't the problem in Orlando, it's just lack of actual talent. They have all these guys, and none of them are stars, but I don't see how he cracks into the rotation with the mad guys they have right now. They're not gonna... He's not gonna crack into the rotation. 
Not this year. But I think they can stash him in the G League, stash him on the back of the roster, wait for him to get better, and then put him in. I hope so, because, well, they need the help, and I really hope he gets himself back on track after a really disastrous season for him in Maryland. Yeah, so do I. For Justin Jackson, there's not much to say. He's probably going to the G League for at least a little bit. We'll keep an eye out for him. Hey, maybe he'll go to the Capital City Go-Go one of these days. Maybe he'll get moved and a deal just as a piece. I I can totally see him being thrown in as a sweetener in a deal. Because there is a lot of upside. You're talking about a guy who had, and everybody knows it, lottery talent at the beginning of this year. He's worth something. Uh, Absolutely. And I think we'll, so, right, he needs the right environment, though. He needs an environment that's going to be patient with him and will be able to figure out how to use his wingspan and shooting stroke and turn it into something positive. Yeah, so do I. I really wanted me of the Spurs. I did, too. But I, I, I also need to say, before we wrap this up, Kevin Herter went a lot higher than I thought he would. So did he for me. But apparently Atlanta showed a ton of interest in him, and he kind of knew that he was going to end up there. Have you seen the videos of his watch party in Albany? Yes, and, you know, that's great for him. Great that some of the guys, Bruno, Reese Mona, Travis Valman, got up there to see him along with Coach Turgeon. And former Coach Clark. It's really good for the program to be out there supporting a guy that was, quote-unquote, not a good teammate. We're not going to address that whole thing. It was, I don't know where that came from. But I think in a couple years we could see, like I said, the Warrior, there's Warriors guys in the Hawk front office. They're clearly building towards a Warriors-like ideal. And they got the right guys to start it out with, I think. I think they got three of the right guys to start out with. I'm excited for the season. But, hey, it's it's a few months away, but I'm going to be waiting for Kevin Herter to do big things. Do you see Kevin Herter making an all-rookie team next year? There's a lot of talent in this draft. He's got a lot to fight against. See him, like, is there a third team? There's not a third team. From the NBA, there is, like, unofficial third teams out there. I think he might be a third or a second team guy. Maybe he explodes. There is a lot of unfinished talent, and he is more finished than that. Trey Young and Kevin Herter in a couple years, we could be talking about Splash Bros. 2.0. Who knows? Yeah, we could. I think that's going to do it, Jordan. Yep. Got a lot in on this podcast. We'll be back next week. Definitely going to be an off-season topic week because did that actually round it up? I think it did because we don't have an NHL player. Well, there, there, might be a, there might be an AD next week. Yeah, there could be an AD next week. Um, and we will keep you posted on whether Mason gets a Kevin Herter jersey or not. Because he will. I know he will. Because Jordan's going to buy it for me just to prove that. No, I'm buying myself one and I'm not buying you one. An update has just come in right before we're going to post the podcast. So we decided to give it to you guys. Deontay Banks has just committed to Maryland football. Yes, the corner from the Baltimore area in Edgewood, Maryland, has committed. He is actually unranked by 24-7 sports, a rarity indeed. Yes, it is, but I'm sure if the Durkin staff got out and they saw something they liked from him, they felt the need to sign him. Maybe he's up and coming. Well, up and coming, he better be because he only has two other D1 offers from the MAC in Buffalo and Kent State. He also has several offers from FCS programs. Yeah, you got some Delaware State, Elon, and Monmouth in there. Jordan, insight on this? I don't have any insight. A lot of people say his tape shows good things, but unranked is a rarity, but the class has fallen far. It's been almost a month without a commit, so this is definitely a good sign. Yes, it fell all the way to 62, but when he receives that rating, which I'm pretty sure is certain now to come, it should raise it just a little bit. 
I hope so, because um, 60 seconds is not where you want to be, is it? Well, it's not where they're going to end up. Well, you'd hope not, but you've got to get guys to make this work. And you remember, we had 19 players committed at this point last year. So Well, yeah, there's obviously going to be some concern, but they're moving forward. you got to know, they're, they're hot on some guys right now, hoping to get some commitments soon. And I think that's going to re-wrap this one up. Yep, um, now we, I can finally put a bow on this. We were about to post this, really, when this story broke, so we're get, going the extra mile for you guys today. Yeah, and that's what we always try and do. That's what we all strive to do. If news comes out, we got to talk about it on the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsor, Viner Forgates. For all your IT and business solutions, you can reach Viner Forgates on the phone at 301-251-2900. Again, that's Viner Forgates. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. Jordan, any last words? Uh, Mason still has not got a Kevin Herter jersey, so just give you guys an update on that one. It's been all of an hour, and Jordan already expects me to be caving in, but I won't, and we appreciate our dedicated listening base, and as always, thanks for listening.